Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. All right, we are back for another Friday financial wrap-up with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing well. It's hard to believe it's the midway point of July. It is, this is for today, today's July the 15th, excuse me, July the 14th, 2023. We're right at the midway point of the month. We're at the midpoint of the year. So much going on. Let's get right into the week. What did you see? What are your thoughts with CPI this week and the reports? So CPI, again, consumer price uh, index, it's essentially what you and I pay at the store for inflation. This was the number that peaked, headline peaked at 9.1. Uh, basically, this CPI reading was good across the board. It was lower than expected. It was three versus three one. Core was lower than expected, four eight versus five oh. Uh, monthly versus year, every number was good. Uh, essentially, you know, the Fed could feel like it's winning. Uh, we did come down from four to three, right? So a full percentage point. Uh, but it does get harder from here, right? We just dropped off the largest base effect, which we spoke about last week. Yep. You know, the hard work starts now. But you know what? Three is a lot better than nine. Uh, we do have... 70% of this month's inflation reading was shelter. And if you watch us, our weekly wrap-ups, you know that shelter rolls over in August. You know, it's it's near a mathematical certainty. It's just how they do the calculations. So, you know, there, there's reason to be, I don't know if happy is the right word, but less afraid. Uh, but the job is certainly not done. The job's not done. But the CPI good report just flat out good report across the board good report for cpi inflation what the fed's done all of these uh rate hikes it's now beginning to show in the numbers that it is working is that accurate no it's well said absolutely okay well let's continue let's talk about ppi for those that are new to the show what is ppi and what happened this week so ppi is producer price index you could sort of think about this as wholesale costs right so CPI is what you buy at the store. Yep. PPI is what the store buys from their suppliers, the you know, in general. Uh, PPI, much like CPI, was a good reading. Below expectations, not as fast. It, it was disinflation, not true deflation, right? Means it's growing slower than before. Uh, but overall, if you take CPI and PPI together this week, the Fed, the Fed's getting their job done. Will the Fed declare victory? Of course not. Uh, it gets harder from here, but this was this was a good week for inflation readings just across the board. Maybe our first week this year, first week in a long time for good news that seems as though all the Fed hikes, everything is working. And not that we're through the woods, because probably not, but that in fact, we're moving in the right direction. Is that accurate or how would you maybe comment yeah. on that? I would I would say so I think there's a couple of things that I think are clear after this week. One, for whatever reason, 
the Fed seems adamant that they're going to raise rates in July. I have been clear. I think that's a mistake. Okay. I think it could could prove the the straw that broke the camel's back. And just to put a fine point on that, if they go in July, it is my belief that they will cut rates in nine months or less. Hence, admitting it was a mistake. If they don't raise in July, I believe they could hold rates flat for 12 to 18 months, which I think would be a win, higher for longer. I think this last rate increase, which again, I think they feel they have to do, is going to prove to be a mistake. Interesting. And so the Fed, let's talk about that for a moment. And we didn't do this pre-roll on our show notes, but- the Fed meets, I believe, on the 24th, 26th? 6th and 24th and 5th, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, something something like in that. that ballpark. So you believe that the next Fed meeting, that they will raise 25 basis points? The market certainly does. I, I, I just can't go there. I, I, but the market, 92% of the smart money says they're raising. Every Fed president that speaks says they're raising. Interesting. I can't. I just can't believe if they don't look under the covers that they can't see the economy is really slowing down. Interesting. Okay. I'm not going to call it, but darn it, it certainly seems like they want to. Seems like okay. So then, and I know that you know we've talked about on the show for months and months and months that we're at terminal rate and that basically we would see a pause and that you said longer, basically flat. However, most of the like you said, 93%, 90 plus percent, they think we're going to see 25 basis points. And you think if that's true, then potentially we do see a, a rate, basically a rate reduction in nine months. Is that just yeah, I, clearly? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I believe the fed wants to hold rates stable for a year, a year and a half higher for longer. I think they want to wash out the system from, um, you know, zero interest rate environment. And that takes time. Got it. I think this next push goes one step too far and forces them to admit a mistake, which by they never will. But if they do a rate cut in nine months or less, there's your mistake. Got it. And so based on that, do you believe it's just based because the CPI, good numbers, PPI, good numbers. Obviously, the inflation now is in somewhat controlled. Do you believe it's based on the job numbers that we talked about last week or two? Uh, in what regards? Why, With regard why the to the mistake? Fed hiking the 25 basis points. Yeah, I I just think they, I think they are afraid of Paul Volcker. And what it. I mean by that is Paul Volcker for, for, for the first part of his term that he raised and then he lowered. He raised and he lowered. And he didn't get religion, if you will, until 1981. Got it. I think Powell wants to squeeze every... He doesn't want to be seen as soft. Got it. And maybe for him thinking we get there faster, right? We'd get into a recovery. We get into a healthier I think he, economy. Yeah, I think in reality, if you gave him truth serum, if I asked him the question, he would go, Michael, if I break something, I can fix it. I Got just it. cut rates. So I think he's like, hey, if I go one step too far, no harm, no foul. I cut rates. All's good. But that's okay. just going to be. I think that's the wrong attitude, but that's what I believe. Interesting. Well, let's keep going. So let's talk about our world, which is real estate, the 30-year mortgage. Um, it's been really sticky at 7 plus, 7.2. Um, we talked about that a lot the last couple of weeks. 
Where do you see interest rates this week and your thoughts based on potentially that 25 basis points coming here in the next 10 days or so? Well, the good news is uh, what I called for inflation readings was generally accurate, nailed it again. Uh, rates came down this week. They were at 7.22 last week. They're now, as of today, Friday, call it 10.30 a.m., uh, 6.89 was today's reading. So they're down, you know, roughly 30 basis points, roughly 20, maybe 25 basis points. Yep. Um, so that's good, right? You're, you're reading. I think generally speaking, the market, the smart money has canceled the September raise. Now they think July will be the last one. So to the last part of your question is, I think a July rate increase is priced in. It's already priced uh, in. Yeah, it's already priced in. It doesn't, we don't go up 25 points from here. I think it's baked in. Got it. So seven and a half off seven and a half as a 30 year mortgage rate. You just don't see that now going forward. It's, we talked uh, about it. We teased it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think, I think um, it's off the table for the month of July. Yes. Who knows what might happen in August, but yeah, I think it's off the table for the month of July. Got it. Okay. All right. And then anything else on 30 year mortgage rates that you want to comment on, or maybe just sense a direction? No, I think if you like it, lock it. I think it's wise advice I've gotten from Matt and Convoy and Steven. If you like it, lock it, run their numbers. If you're an investor, run the numbers at eight. And thus, if you get a little better, you're surprised. Um, I do think eight helps heal the market. Like we talked about last week, you know, I think what happens sub seven, you know, we're at six, eight, nine now, 6.89. I think some demand comes back. I think home buyers like six. They don't like seven. So we'll see. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Say it one more time, the mantra. If you like it. You like it, lock it. Lock it. You lock that interest rate. If you like that rate, you lock it, home buyers and investors. So let's keep going. Let's talk about the rolling recession, which I think is a unique term. Um, I know it's been used, but it's not super ultra popular. Talk about a rolling recession versus a soft landing and what we're doing today. Yeah, so we'll go soft landing first because that's that's been in the media a lot more. So a soft landing, generally speaking, is GDP is below trend, but not negative, right? Negative is a recession. Below trend is a soft landing. Uh, a hard landing is a recession, just to kind of bring that in. I actually think a rolling recession, which is something we've talked about on this channel for about a year, and we'll give an example. We'll give you two examples here in a minute. But I think a rolling recession might be the thing that head, that gives us our soft landing. So what is a rolling recession? A rolling recession is unlike anything we've seen in the last three recessions. 2020, not like that. The Great Recession, not like that. The dot-com crash, not like that. So unless you're over 50 and maybe over 60, you have not seen a rolling recession, which near as I can tell, the last one was 1990 thereabouts. So what happens is, is one part of the economy, call it housing, crashes into a recession or a depression, transactions fall 40%. But then as rates settle and buyers come back, it comes out. See home construction. Home construction was up 12% and adding to GDP, not subtracting. Think travel. Travel cratered. And now Delta just reported record earnings. So we could have different parts of the economy in a recession myopically while other parts are cranking and they just go off and on. So I think this, this environment may be very much like the 1990 rolling recession, which means a soft landing is looking more and more likely. 
Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting how this thing might tie together. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So the rolling recession, that is an interesting perspective that, you know, it's just segment by segment. It's different, different people and different demographics that are affected. And the idea is that it's not this big, sharp down thus no real estate crash. Exactly. And it's funny you brought that up. Black Knight just put out some numbers that home prices are at record highs. Yep. I think this was as of May. Yeah. It makes sense. No inventory. No inventory. No inventory, of course. So let's continue. Let's talk about, so in our show notes, we talked about Goldman Sachs. They had a very interesting press release this week, a big piece of news. What, What did Goldman Sachs talk about this week and your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I want to go back and remind people, we talked about a year ago, uh, again, based on my research of 1981, that transactions were going to crash 40%. And I got to tell you, folks, if you haven't downloaded my free spreadsheet, which you can get at onerentalatatime.com, go get it. It's absolutely free. All you need is your email, and and the system just emails you the spreadsheet. I want you to go and look at this. We raised rates at a crazy rate. Transactions crashed 40%. Hey, look at that. Nailed it again. But dude, do you know how long it took for transactions to come back? Just to match what happened in 1980? No idea. 12 years. Wow. 12 years. So again, we brought you this. We brought you it early. It, it, it shouldn't make mortgage brokers or real estate agents feel great, right? 40% of the market's gone. It should motivate you to get your spending right. To get to get to, to learn how to buy creatively, it should make you motivated to do other things. But if you're living on commission or fees, it could be a while. So we've talked about this before. Goldman Sachs just came out and said transactions are not going back to pre-pandemic until 2027. Wow. So they they caught up with something I've been talking about for a while. 2027. It's 2023 now. So basically they're saying four more basically years. Basically the next three, four years that we're not going to get back to a to what has been normal. Normal market. Five. Exactly. Very exactly. interesting. You know, and that that's interesting too. And I would say that for a lot of the real estate professionals, the realtors, for mortgage loan officers, or even full-time investors, this actually should be great news. And the reason why is because you have an opportunity to be top of game. A lot of the hobbyists, a lot of the side hustle, kind of fast money, quick money, quick, rich, get rich quick type people are probably going to leave the industry. Would you agree, Michael? Oh, this, I mean, this is an amazing job. I, I want to be very clear. I am super excited about the next three to four years. As I've said many, many times, the next three or four years, the good operators are going to win. The two years that preceded this, folks, any Tom, Dick, and Harry with half a brain cell and the ability to sign his name could make money. I hate those markets. And I made a million dollars. And I hate those markets. Hate them. I hate it when everyone is printing money because it's just easy. That's not normal. I consider myself a good operator who does the work, who makes the offers, who only does great deals. And it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. I am super excited by what's coming. I think the real estate agent, like, would I rather start today as a brand new agent or two years ago without question tie today? Yeah. If I started two years ago, I would have made some money 
I would have adopted bad habits. I wouldn't have known how to prospect. I wouldn't know how to network. I would have a monthly spend in three cars and a vacation home and I'd go fucking bankrupt. I want to start today when it's hard. Yep. Because I know if I can get, if you can get through the next three years, you will do 30 years in this business easy. And I think that's awesome. I love it. I love it. And it's interesting that during the easy money times or when the market's just on fire, um, I had a mentor, he, he, he would tell the story. He'd say like, basically all you had to do was show up, dress reasonably nice and not say anything stupid and you yeah, could make money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but in, Today's market in the shifting market, you have to be developing skill sets. And that's what Michael's describing is skill sets, knowing your buy box, knowing how to prospect, knowing how to network, knowing how Throw to underwrite. Network. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, this is a great time. This is where good operators win and new folks build good habits. This is awesome. Be excited. I love it. Any last closing thoughts about opportunities in today's market, Michael? No, I just... If your social media, like if you're if you're on your social media feed for 10, 15, 20 minutes and you are upset, scared, envious, nervous, jealous, that's on you. Your social media feed can motivate you, inspire you, show you how to do the work. It's either an asset or a liability. If it's the former, it's a liability and that's on you. Look in the freaking mirror. Change who you follow. Block doomers. It's on you. Well said, Michael. I love it. So, folks, do yourself a favor. Do the work. Please, if you're watching this on YouTube, if, even if you're watching on Facebook or one of the social feeds, go subscribe to the channel. Please, one rental at a time. Go subscribe now on YouTube. Also, if you're interested in the course, Michael has an amazing course. He's got a mentorship add-on. He's giving away some free package add-ons. You can go to onerentalatatime.com. Michael, any other closing thoughts? No, man, I just want to thank you. You've been a great part of my channel. Um, I appreciate you Consider you a mentor of mine. Um, just thank you for all you do. Thank you, Michael. Have a great weekend. Thank you, folks, for watching.